0: Hi, this is Tom Field, Editorial Director with Information Security Media Group. We're privileged today to be speaking with Pat Myers, Chair of ISC Squared. Pat, thanks so much for joining me today.
1: Thanks, Tom. I appreciate uh, the invitation.
0: Boy, there's so much to talk about, but I guess we'll start out with just some of the, the risks and the concerns. What would you say right now are top risks and high security concerns when you're looking at both the public and the private sectors in general, in uh, financial services in particular. I guess that's where the headlines have been of late.
1: You're right, Tom. You know, the continuum of hardware and software vulnerabilities um, that have been exploited by criminals to steal passwords and data is certainly a concern, especially with the most recently announced vulnerabilities of our two large software vendors. I'm sure you read about them. Sure. The the vulnerability of data also held on mobile devices uh, having much of the same vulnerabilities as laptops is a big concern. We have users downloading everything under the sun, but without the advanced defense mechanisms of the anti-spyware and the next generation of malware for the handheld and mobile devices.
0: Pat, what are you looking around? What impact are you seeing felt in information security because of the economic conditions we're all facing?
1: Well, there's so much to be said on that front. Um, there's been some recent surveys. Uh, some large organizations and uh, organizations are spending. Perhaps sixty percent less than prior years. Forty percent of the other re- re- survey recipients basically said that you know their spending is flat. Uh, so security projects, you know, they're they're maybe not being canceled altogether, but they're being delayed from quarter to quarter. On the unemployment front, you know, all we have to do is pick up the LA Times. It reported, uh, you know, six hundred ninety-seven thousand jobs lost. Of course, some of those are in the security area. Uh, every day it seems like the newspaper validates that uh, companies are downsizing. And that uh, this isn't just happening in the banking industry. Of course, uh, the areas where, where people got bailouts, all industries that are suffering from uh, um, a lack of um, consumer spending that have impacted their revenues are being um, impacted by the human resource you know, pressures, if you want to put it that way.
0: Sure. Uh,
1: as a result of the high unemployment, of course, it's become a buyer's market for employers who are looking to. Uh, rehire individuals who have left their companies and uh, so they have a huge resume pool to select from. Uh, they can pick exactly the kind of people that they want and so you know security people are in the same situation as everyone else. I think what we are seeing is that in some companies the pay rates have kind of dropped and um, in, in other areas we companies are coming up with a more work at home positions so that uh, they can cut back on costly facilities. Um, Having said that, you know, due to the regulations that uh, banks and other companies have, the compliance and governance is still going to be um, something that's on their minds. They're they're not going to sacrifice it totally. And uh, this is certainly a time when security needs to be strong. And, and in fact, uh, companies really require more security, not less, in tough times.
0: Now, what have you found to be the impact on awareness and training? Because the fear is always that in tough times, the training budget is always the first one that people look at.
1: You're absolutely right. I think what we're finding in the in the training area is that uh, what's happening is people are, allow, are allowing their employees to do more local type of training in terms of their own em- security employees. As far as the awareness, I think that what's happening is that uh, there's still awareness, they're just not spending as much money as they would have. You know, I I worked in the awareness and training almost my entire career in security, and I've gone from having no money to spend on awareness, where you had to really come up with something really creative and imaginative Hmm. to having fairly large budgets where you had the the luxury of being able to produce very high-quality, attractive um, materials for awareness and training.
0: Now, from your vantage point, Pat, what do you see as so far being the top risk management and security issues that really are affecting people in 2009?
1: Well, you know, I think a big risk is still to the potential for compromise of a company's intellectual property, customer information, which really can be viewed as uh, the world's gold and silver and diamonds. You know, it's the most valuable that a company has. Um, so companies really need to be cognizant also of uh, employee behavior during difficult economic times. You know, actions such as layoffs, uh, lack of bonuses, pay increases can prompt people to do things they wouldn't ordinarily do under good economic times. So we need to be vigilant. So there's a risk there to the company and its data. You know, the consequences of failing to mitigate um, data risks and the infrastructure is everywhere. You see it comes out in identity theft, theft of credit card information, and these things continue to be on the forefront of the news. You may have read the recent Javelin security research report that said 9.9 million U.S. residents were victims of identity theft last year. You know, that's a 22% increase. And the average cost of such an incident is up to $6.6 million.
0: No, it's scary stuff.
1: Yes, it is. And finally, you know, we really must continually assess the business practices and processes that we depend on to secure our data. Security must be an integral part of the fabric of a company, even in down times. You know, employees are still your first line of defense in that area. So uh, you talked about a security awareness and training. We can't let that go. We have to continually give the message. Uh, and, um, and I think companies, even though they may cut back on that area, that they're still going to be doing that. And they are required to do it.
0: Oh, exactly right. Pat, here's a chance to sort of tout the horn of ISC Squared. Where can banking and government and security leaders in general turn for some guidance and some best practices in trying to tackle some of these challenges?
1: Well, you know, Tom, there are so many places, many of them free. For example, there's a code called the Standards of Good Practice uh, that you can download for free on the website of the Information Security Forum, the ISF. Um, There are a number of high-level security organizations that many Fortune 500 companies belong to. They have membership organizations where they can turn to for intelligence on how to... uh, best address their security threats and advice on information assurance best practices. The I-4, which is International Information Integrity Institute, is out there. Forrester's Security and the Risk Management Council. But, you know, you don't have to belong to the higher-level organizations either. ISSA has a a forum for chief security officers, uh, and um, there are many bodies of of standards that you can look to. The PCI data data security standards are are out there. COSO, the COBIT. You know, mentioning the ISO 27001, um, there's just so many places you can go uh, to, to look for best practices.
0: Now, in terms of training and awareness, one of the big challenges has been educating board members and C-level executives, especially at banks, on risk management and security best practices. What have you found to be effective in reaching the board and senior management?
1: Well, you know, Tom, what I've seen in some of the very larger companies is that they have created a security and business risk council, which is comprised of the business leaders, governance leaders, legal, human resources, audit, compliance. So this is a high-level group that essentially provides advice and input to the CEO or the CFO on company risks and best practices. Uh, alternatively, you know, you can certainly put a chief security officer uh, in the boardroom and get to give advice to the uh, uh, EVPs. Usually only the largest companies uh, have um, high-level executives in security. Usually they've reached the position of senior vice president. I don't quite see too many that are at the EVP level, but uh, certainly with the convergence of security, um, data security and physical security, that's a, a potential for the future.
0: Now, what do you find in government? Do you find that when you get to the senior levels, there needs to be the same effort put together to educate senior leaders in government agencies, for instance?
1: Absolutely. You know, I don't think they're any different than the private sector. Uh, there are a lot of government mandates, though, that have helped uh, kind of spread the word at the higher levels of government. For example, our new executive director was a CIO of the Department of Interior. So that, uh, that uh, tells us a lot.
0: Sure. Now throughout security, we talked about uh, this being a good market for security professionals, and but, but the employers do have sort of the pick of the litter if they, if they want to. What should be security? What should security professionals be doing now to really invest in and protect their careers?
1: Well, you know, if you're protecting your company's data, then the second part really comes automatically because you are investing in your career. My advice is to spread your responsibility around, and that is, as I mentioned, including something like a risk council, to be sure that you essentially document all your either recommendations on your company's vulnerabilities. You know, and um, certainly doesn't hurt to keep your resume up to date either.
0: Sure. What do you find differentiates a candidate in times like these, when there are so many applicants for a single job? Even what really stands out on a resume?
1: You will see that uh, job requirements today are preferred or required certifications and they usually list what they are so they're looking for people who have a track record and have experience and they also have a certification and um, there are so many new certifications that have come about in the last few years and concentrations in management architecture engineering so they're looking to to pigeonhole you know the pe- specific skill sets that individuals have in the security area
0: now ISC squared you've offered some new certification programs of, of late haven't you
1: that's correct. Um, we have just recently uh, launched a certification for the Software Security Lifecycle Professional, the CSSLP. And uh, we're in the process of now um, reviewing individuals who already have experience in this area that wish to get this certification. And um, we're very excited about it because it, there's terrific terrific uh, response already to this certification around the globe. Uh, It's something that's been needed. As we started out our conversation, I talked to you about software vulnerabilities, and this particular certification goes direct to that problem.
0: Right. Now, one last question for you, Pat. If you were going to offer advice to professionals either looking to start a career in information security or maybe they mature in a career and want to switch into information security, what would you advise them?
1: Well, there are two different questions. First of all, if you're not in the profession and you want to start looking at Going into the professional, profession, I would suggest that you first of all start training yourself. Uh, you can do this. There's so many free courses out there. The web is full of information that you review something like the common body of knowledge, which the profession uses to, uh, to talk to each other about security. Ten different domains and that sort of thing. So get yourself familiar with the, the lingo, the language, the, the concepts of security. Uh, there are many IT jobs that have as a side a security function. A part of their job is maybe not mainly security, but it includes some security. Uh, so I would start out in that area. You know that in order to get one of our Iic squared certifications, that you do have to have experience in the field. Uh, so, so the more experience you can start out with, then the easier you're going to get your credentials a little bit later. Uh, now, if you're already in the security field, then I suggest that you consider... Uh, advancing your career by looking at one of the other certifications, the concentrations that we have talked about already. And and if you are in the career and you find yourself out of a job, maybe if you have the luxury, you should step back and reboot yourself uh, by evaluating your career goals and objectives and determining what is the next credential that you might need to look at. Uh, for getting the few jobs you know, that we mentioned that are out there for the highly skilled.
0: Pat, that's great insight, and I do appreciate you taking time to share some of your thoughts with us today.
1: Well, thank you, Tom. I certainly appreciate being with you today.
0: We've been talking with Pat Myers, Chair of ISC Squared. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.